lot of things have been happening over these years, but one thing that's never changed is our mission. Our mission is still the same, and it's a very simple mission. And now we're in this series, as you know, this, this message series. It's all about simplicity. And so today as we celebrate our 23rd birthday, I want us to continue as a church family to keep our mission simple, to keep it simple. Because as time goes on, as church families grow older, it is so easy to expand in so many directions that churches seem to lose their focus. It's in an effort to do so many good things, to meet so many real needs. Churches often forget the mission that Jesus gave to His church. And so today, we need to revisit our mission because we need to stick with the simple mission that Jesus gave to you and me. Our mission, the reason that we exist is this. It's to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. That's it. And I want you to leave this place saying more and better. Already? Help me out. More and better. That's it. More and better disciples of Jesus Christ. Jesus said it this way when he gave us the mission. He said, go. So as a family, we're to, we're to be going. He said, go. And then he said, what to do? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. So our mission as a church family comes directly from this command, this great commission of Jesus. And it's all about inviting people to become followers of Jesus. And the first part of disciple making is this, is simply telling. Going and telling. We're to go and tell people about Jesus. The second part of disciple making is teaching. As a church family, we're to teach them to obey the commands of Jesus because Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. You see, disciples follow Jesus. Disciples obey Jesus. So our mission is to go and tell and teach in such an effective manner that it results in more and better disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And why do we do this? We do this because the Bible says this, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. That means that we, as disciples of Jesus, must always be looking beyond ourselves and always creating opportunities for others to respond to the Lord Jesus Christ. We must never just begin to look inwardly at our own needs and our our own selfish desires as believers, at our own interests. But instead, we've got to always be looking beyond ourselves and creating opportunities where we can go and tell and teach about the love and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And all of God's family said, Amen. So write this down. In other words, we must be faithful to this great commission. This great commission of Jesus. As a church family, we got to be faithful to fulfill this great command of Jesus. To fulfill it. Because, because it's, it's you and me to whom he gave it. You know, a lot of times we think it's just pastors that are to go and tell. Or missionaries or, or Christian educators. 
that Jesus gave this great commission to you and to me. It's for every disciple. He says, go and teach and tell to all nations. But the question is, how can we best go and tell and teach? How can we become better disciple makers? Now, of course, we're to be faithful to everyone that's right here already in this place. We're we're to tell and teach every child and every student, every adult inside these walls. But also, we will make disciples as a church, write this down, by starting a church. By starting a new church. Folks, our goal within this next year is to start a new church in another city. Amen? Oh, you didn't convince me there. Amen? Amen. To start another church in a new city. As God was calling me to start this church, he gave me a vision that we're to be a church of multiples. And he wanted us to be a church with all kinds of multiples. And he spoke to my heart about multiple staff members, opening the church from day one with multiple staff members. 23 years ago, that, that was never done, but we did it. And then he spoke to me about being a church with multiple small groups. And in those days, that just wasn't being done, but we did it and we still are. We have multiple small groups in homes studying God's word midweek all throughout the community. He wanted us to be a church with multiple services. In those days, you you didn't think about opening a church and on day one have two services, but we did it. He spoke to my heart about having multiple ministries that are like fingers out into the community that were just saying, come, come. And we were able to do that. And the day that we opened, we had 400 people join us on day one because we, we just had ministries to meet all kinds of needs in the community. Then he spoke to my heart about being a church that would have multiple church plants, about being a church, planting church. We have already moved beyond ourselves in that way. We've already planted four churches out of Canyon Hills. We planted a, a church in the city, first of all, in Corona. That was our first plant. And that church had a strong start. Many committed their lives to Christ. And, and, and I just spoke with a young man who's now in full-time ministry who was raised in that church. But that church lasted 15 years and it's now closed. Now, we could say, is that a failure? Not in my book. Many people met Jesus. They raised up a pastor. And we learned some things about planting churches in the process. The second church we planted was in the city of Norco. It was our second church plant. It had a strong start. Many committed their lives to Christ, but due to some uncontrollable issues, that church closed, and we could ask ourselves, was that a failure? Not in my book. Many people met Jesus, and as we decided to close the church, we helped those people find good, strong churches, and they got involved there, and we we learned some more things about starting new churches. The truth is, 50% of all churches that are started don't last. They don't make it. But I, I kind of like, I'm the half, glass is half full kind of a guy. And 50% do make it. And we're one of the ones that made it. Amen? Amen. Amen. 50% do make it. So we can't stop planting churches because once in a while some don't last or they don't last very long. Then we went and we planted a church in the city of Baguio in the Philippines. It was our third church plant. It was our first international plant. But due to some uncontrollable issues in the distance of almost 8,000 miles, this church closed. But again, we learned some things. We learned that that Filipinos start churches really well. And so we really didn't need to help them start churches. What we needed to do was provide pastoral leadership training. 
So as a church, we started offering the annual pastor-spouse leadership conference. And today, we're involved in training pastors from 21 fringe churches that are on three different islands there in the Philippines. And I just learned this week that the mother church in Metro Manila, we call Pasig Evangelical Friends Church, just planted a brand new church in, in, uh, in uh, what they call Phase 9 Development. It's now called Midtown Evangelical Friends Church. And they are preparing to plant another church in the, on the island of Palawan in the next few months. So we could look at ourselves and we could say, was this a failure to go off and plant a church? No, we learned much about the culture. We tried to be learners and we learned that we don't need to help plant churches. What we need to do is help train leaders. And that's what we've gotten involved in. And so it was not a failure. God is blessing and expanding the ministry there. And then we planted a church in the city of Juarez, Mexico. And many of you know this story really well. It was our fourth church plant. It was our second international plant. It's now seven years old, and it is flourishing. They are averaging over 300 people each weekend. They own their own property. They've nearly completed their formal registration with the government of Mexico. It takes five years in the same place doing the same thing before you can even apply. And so it's kind of a long process, but they're about to have that all completed. They're feeding hungry children. They're offering occupational training. They're ministering through mops to young moms and dads. They've completed two of their buildings on their campus, and now we're helping them start their community center and their their final sanctuary. God taught us some things in those first three efforts that we applied to this plant, and they made a huge difference. And if Pastor Sergio was here to hear how I'm bragging on him and his ministry, he'd just say, glory adios, amen? (laughs) That's what he'd say, all glory to God because of what God is doing there. Now, I shared all of this for those of you who are newer to our church family so that you will know that we have been moving outside beyond ourselves for a long time. But during our move to this facility, now eight years ago, and during the economic downturn that we've all been experiencing the last four or five years, the starting of new churches at Canyon Hills was kind of put on pause. For a lot of reasons, we had to hit the pause button. But I'm here to tell you this morning that I believe with all my heart that God is saying it's time to push the play button once again. Amen? It's time to get back in the game again. It's time to take it off pause. It's time to push the play button again. Now, I can't give you yet all the details, but we have an opportunity to obey the Great Commission. We have an opportunity to get beyond ourselves into another city and start another church. And for the last several years, I've been asking God to give us a a more local opportunity like Juarez, no matter what ethnicity, where we could go and we could take teams like we do in Juarez from this church and invest in another Southern California city and there start a new church, a place where many of you could invest your lives, your gifts, your talents, and that you could be a part of going and telling and teaching. And folks, it looks like God is providing that opportunity. And I'm going to be able to tell you more in August. Now, some of you have not been able to go to Juarez for for various reasons. But you've still given. You've prayed. You've helped send teams. But some of you have not been able to go due to time or expense or, or some other reason. But you could be a part of a plant if it was closer by. And So all I want to say to you this morning is this. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. An opportunity is coming. 
The church planning button is going off of pause and we're going to hit play. Canyon Hills is about to become pregnant with its fifth church. And all of God's people said, amen. We will wake disciples by starting a new church. And then secondly, by building a community center. This has been a part of our vision before we even moved to this place. But getting adjusted to this place and, and uh, the economic downturn has just kind of put that on pause as well. As God was calling me to start this church, a part of his vision was that this church would welcome this community into a community center. You see, and this breaks my heart. Lots of churches have multi-purpose rooms. Lots of churches have ball fields. Lots of churches have gymnasiums. But most all of them are locked up. And as the community drives by, they, they see this locked up, awesome, multi-purpose gymnasium that they can never use, that they can never get into unless they attend that church. And I've always known that God wanted us to build a community outreach center. And I always thought it would be that one of the first things that we would build, and we, that we'd build this sanctuary later. But I've learned that when God gives a vision, it's always in God's timing and it's always done in God's way. And so God had a different plan. And I'm just now beginning to see why. The first designs that we came up with for this space over here in the grass was just going to be another church building that would be locked up and secured like all the other church community centers. And once again, the community would drive by and they would see another church with another locked space that they can just not ever use. But this spring, as I was praying and fasting and spending time on my planning retreat, God began to speak to my heart and give me a new design that would not only benefit our ministries, but would also be open to the whole community. An inviting open space to benefit and bless and gain the favor of our community. A space where kids could get off the streets and we could take them in for after school tutoring and then have structured play. A space that is open and not difficult for the community to step into. And yet space that meets the criteria for housing the city recreational leagues. You know, uh, years ago, Bill and I went to uh, Yorba Linda City uh, Hall and and we talked to the city uh, rec director there, and he's now a city planner. And we said, you know, if we built something like this, we know there's a shortage of, of spaces like this in your Belinda. And would the city be willing to run teams, you know, through our space? And, was, and he said, absolutely, absolutely. And so if this space meets the city league requirements and, and criteria, can you envision beginning to flood this place with people? that have yet to know Jesus? Can you envision our men and women and children playing not just in church leagues, but in city leagues? And some of their games are played right here? Can you begin to envision that right here at their church, they can play some of their games, and when the games are over, they can walk their friends and their teammates around this place, and they can say to them, this is my church. This is where I go. And if you're ever looking for a place, a church, that is not a place you go, but a people you love, this is it. This is a family. Folks, having an open community 
outreach center is one way for us to move beyond ourselves and create opportunities for others. So our goal this coming year is to start building an open-air, multi-purpose pavilion to serve our ministries, but also a community outreach center right here in this city. And all of God's people said, man, you're still not convincing me yet, all right? Amen? Something we can do. Something where we can say to the community, we're not a locked up space. We are open for you. We are, we are here for you. And we know that an open space is going to bring some problems of its own. <laughs> but we're willing to deal with those problems, to send the message to this community that we are open for you. We are here for you. Let's take a look at this new design. First of all, this is kind of an aerial view. And you can see that the ends of this pavilion are open. The sides of this pavilion are open. It's basically going to be a block structure covered by stucco. And you can see on the end, um, there's going to be a, a seating eating area, outdoor eating area with a completed playground. The eating area would look kind of like this. And so uh, on Sundays and on weekends, we'd have our coffee and our hospitality all shipped to that area. And you can sit and watch your kids in the playground or you can sit and look directly into the gymnasium. And uh, we can have all kinds of functions here. But during the week, you and your friends can come here, bring your Starbucks, sit down, do your work right here, uh, get alone for some devotions right here, whatever you want to do, have Wi-Fi from the church. And all God's people said, Amen. <laughs> And you can have a space that's open to the community. Next picture kind of gives you an interior view, what it would kind of look like with the walls open to the mountain view and walls open into the courtyard space. And then the next view kind of shows you even more. You can see out into the courtyard. And if you're in the courtyard, you can see the games that are going on on the inside. You can see out to the eating area. And just gives you a perspective of a basic open-air pavilion with the right lighting, with the right flooring that meets all the criteria for all the city teams and leagues to play on, plus the ministries that we want to do here. Folks, a day is coming when we will begin this community outreach center. It's a part of the vision that God spoke into my heart 23 years ago, and it's going to become reality. And it's going to take the sharing of our time. Some of this we can do with our own muscles, our own sweat, and we're going to get involved as a church. It's going to take some of our building resources. It's going to take some of our dollars. Later, we're going to talk about how we plan to fund all of this in the new church plant. But for now, would you just let God build this dream inside of your heart? It's been setting in my heart for 23 years. Would you begin to just say, God, how can I be a part of your dream? How can I help accomplish what you're dreaming for Canyon Hills and this community? Our staff believes and our elders believe this is something that we can do together and like the starting of a new church it's time to push that play button it's time for us to get busy again our staff and elders are in agreement that these two things the planning of a new church and this community center are a part of god's long-time vision for us that will help us accomplish our simple mission of making more and better disciples of jesus our staff and elders are in agreement that now is the time to move beyond ourselves to begin to accomplish this vision we believe it's time to create opportunities for more to know Christ. And I have learned over the past 23 years that a church that moves beyond themselves, God blesses. 
And you know, 23 years ago, a church in your Belinda moved beyond themselves to start us. Rose Drive Friends Church sacrificed and moved beyond themselves to start us. And my question to you is, can we do any less? Can we not move beyond ourselves? Can we not put something in this community that will help us make more and better disciples of Christ? You see, several people who don't yet have a relationship with God are waiting on us. And I remember 23 years ago, looking back, and we were going out to East Yorba and family after family that came in our doors, they had no relationship with God. But they had trouble in their lives, trouble in their marriage, trouble in their families, and they were seeking God, and they found God right here. And in the very same way today, people are now waiting on us to do it again. Amen? Someone needs us to do it again. And there's nothing like a new church to give people a fresh start. When it's starting fresh, it's starting new. It's the greatest way to touch people's lives. No greater way than starting a new church. And I've learned that beyond the blessing that comes from seeing others come to Christ, God blesses those who move beyond themselves, who give beyond themselves to start a new church and to do something like we're talking about the outreach center out here. God blesses us when we sacrifice and get beyond ourselves. There's a couple stories I'd like to tell you, and I I call them miracles. Um, Just before we got ready to move into this facility, we didn't have enough funding to put the cross on top of the tower. And we, we didn't have enough funding to finish out the kitchen. And that's pretty important to Friends Ministries to have a finished kitchen. Amen? We, we like to eat. And all we were going to have in the kitchen was a lavatory and a little cabinet. And that was going to be the kitchen we'd have to start with. We had no funding to finish. And on one Sunday before we got ready to move over here, a couple came into our church that I had never seen before. And they asked me, what do you need to have finished? You know, what, what's yet to be done? And we had this little book that showed us, and, and we showed them, and they said, how much does this cost? And I told them, they said, well, how about something more? And, and I showed them something else. They said, how about something more? And I showed them something else. And they came back the next week, and they wrote out a check for $67,000. And I never saw them again. Out of the blue, a miraculous thing happened. No solicitation, never saw them, never knew them. And yet God made a way for the cross to be lifted up. And Jesus says, when you lift up my cross, all men will be drawn unto me. Amen? Amen. And the kitchen wasn't bad either. Amen? (laughs) wasn't bad either. I remember standing up here in the corner where our sign was before we ever built here and looking at this land, and I was getting really nervous because I was saying, God, we spent $75,000 of our capital campaign money to do nothing but traffic studies and environmental studies, and we don't even know if the city's going to let us build here yet. And God, I'm, you know, is this the place where you want us to be? And God kept saying, yes, yes. And I said, but God... Uh, we don't have enough money to buy this land. It's two million bucks. We don't have enough money to 
then get a construction loan and, and build the facility. It's going to be another $3.5 million. God, we can't do it. And as I was praying, God gave me an idea. And I'm not a businessman, but God said, go back and form an LLP and ask people that have money setting and savings only, only drawing 2% to invest in this real property. And, and if they do that, that you'll pay them 4% interest. And over the years, if, if it takes five years to pay them back, then, then uh, we, you know, the interest will just increase. We went back and we made up a plan and made a contract and threw it out to many of you. You were there and it worked. <laughs> uh, I, would, I don't know if I would have invested that way. <laughs> but, but many of you invested in the property and then that allowed us to go to the bank and say we need a construction loan. And we need a construction loan for this big, huge amount. And we only had $200,000 in the bank, but they gave it to us. They gave us a construction loan. And so we began to build. And my prayer was saying, God, we've got to pay back these investors. How's this going to happen? And you know, within that first year, when we converted from a construction loan to a permanent loan, there was enough increase in giving and enough increase in our attendance that it all worked out and we were able to pay off every investor within the first year. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Yeah, let's just praise God. Now that's stuff that we can't do ourselves. We can't orchestrate ourselves. But when you're in the center of God's mission, making more and better disciples and, and you're in God's vision, then God blesses the churches that get beyond themselves. Folks, these two things we're talking about are things we can do together. Together, we can move beyond ourselves. We can go and tell and teach. We can make more and better disciples. We can move beyond ourselves and show the love of Christ to this community like never before. And that's what the great commandment is all about. Yes, we've got to be faithful to the great commission, but also the great commandment. Write it down. We've got to be faithful to this great commandment of Jesus. Jesus gave another commandment, and this is what he says. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Folks, we will make more disciples by loving God most. But the truth is, we will never make disciples of Jesus unless we love God more than anything else. We'll just get so self-focused. If we don't love God most, we won't get outside of ourselves. It's only when you love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, that you begin to have the same kind of love for the lost in your heart that He has. That you begin to have the same kind of longing for the lost in your heart like He has. That you begin to have the same kind of vision for the lost in your mind like God has. When you love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, He begins to give you the love that He has in His heart. He begins to give you the longings for the lost that He has in His heart. He begins to give you the vision that He has for reaching all of those who don't know yet about His love and forgiveness and eternal plan for their lives. He begins to give all of that to you. When you love God most, your life is not just about you. It's about others. When you love God most, your life will become focused on making more and better disciples of Christ. Because now you have in you the love 
of his heart, the longings of his soul, wanting to bring all of his creation home to heaven, the vision that he has in his mind for those who don't yet know him. Folks, we will make disciples when we come to that place where we love God most. The question is, are you there yet? Do you love God most? And last, we'll make disciples by loving others like ourselves. And that's what moving beyond yourself is all about. God loved you and me so much that he got beyond himself. He loved us so much that he gave his son to redeem you and me. But God loves the world so much that his love does not stop with you and me. Amen? He loves those who have not yet given their lives to him. And the love of God's people, the love of God's church is not to stop with you and me. God says we're to love our neighbors like we love ourselves. That means that we're to be so caring about their future just like we care about our future. So caring that we move beyond ourselves and we create opportunities where we can go and tell and teach them about Christ. You and I are to love God most and others like ourselves. And man, we usually know how to take care of ourselves. Amen. We sacrifice and do all kinds of things to take care of ourselves or to make life better, we say. But God is calling us as his people in this short life that we have to love others in the same way. So the question is, as a church family, how can we better take care of others? How can we do that? And part of the answer is this, initiate God's vision. That vision he placed in my heart 23 years ago. Start a church and build a community outreach center that's open. Really open and inviting to the community. Folks, these are things we can do together. We can go and tell and teach. We can make more and better disciples. We can show the love of God to others by being an open, helpful, friendly church. We can be better disciple makers. Amen? And I... I don't believe that God put all of us together to just be a little speck on the map in this city. I believe God put all of us together to be a focal point for the people of this city. I believe God put us all together so that we could have people point their neighbors to this church, saying this church will love you. This church will embrace you. This church will be friendly and welcoming and open and helpful to you. And folks... We have been given so much as a church. Before Shirley and I came to California, we spent a couple, three years traveling across the United States, and we have been in hundreds of churches, literally. And almost no church has a finer facility than we have. Most churches don't have a facility like we have. Most, most churches don't have the amount of talent that we have. We have a, a great variety of skills among us, maybe more than many churches. And believe it or not, we have a greater potential for funding our vision than most churches. And we have more, and I love this about us, we have more of a a go-for-it attitude than most churches. And we have heart. We have heart for each other. I know you have a heart for others that are struggling without Christ. And so God has put together this family. And just so you know, I believe you're an awesome family. I love every one of you, and you are awesome. So turn to somebody next to you and say, you're awesome. (laughs) 
<laughs> Amen. We all have our quirks. We're all kind of weird at times. But in the name of Jesus, we're awesome. We're awesome together. And so if you will just join me in being faithful to the Great Commission and this great commandment, God will do more for us. He'll do more through us than we've ever dreamed possible. And he'll do it right here in this city. And he'll do it through us around the world. Would you bow in prayer with me? As I pray this prayer, would you pray it in your heart? Father, I want to be part of accomplishing your mission. Part of making more and better disciples of Jesus. So begin to show me this coming year how I can participate in fulfilling your mission in this church, in this city, and even around the world. And Father, help me stay focused on your simple mission for my life. Help me stay focused on your mission. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen.